everybody, welcome to That's Good Sports. Fun Friday, that's why I got my goofy jacket on. Oh, fuck me. Welcome to That's Good Sports, I'm Brandon, the quarterback of my own life, and that's gotta be good enough, Perna. Sometimes you have to admit, as a man, not in the NFL, all you'll ever lead is the clogged toilets to deuces dropped ratio in your own household. That's right, as men, we're just disgusting assembly lines of toxic waste, which is why we have to be so critical of NFL quarterbacks. It makes us feel like we matter. Sure, they play the hardest position in sports with the threat of an Alex Smith caliber injury every time the ball is snapped. But if they play two bad games in a row, fuck them, right? Cut or trade them, take all of their money, and give it to the NCAA to keep producing free quarterbacks to help my team. Today is the halfway point, basically, in the NFL season. I want to talk about NFL quarterbacks as some prepare to return from injury, some have been mentioned in trade scenarios, and some have not played up to par. Baker Mayfield. Plus, NFL news and a little Vikings milestone evening of milestones. Eska Sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket or ping pong and everything in between. It's super simple to sign up and it is free. Sports.axios.com. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. So sign up for free at sports.axios.com. Real quick, some NFL news I missed yesterday. Michael Bennett was traded from the Patriots to the Cowboys, mostly because Michael Bennett seems to be a bit of a dick. I love him because dicks give me plenty of things to talk about. Albert Breer put it best on Twitter, though. Bennett has been traded roughly three times in about a year. So Michael Bennett, the official go-fish of NFL trading. You can ask for trades whenever you want. And like a game of go-fish, you'll probably be done with your team in about 15 minutes. Now, Kirk Cousins, quarterback we do need to talk about, had an efficient, an extremely efficient game on Thursday night. 285 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks, and a win over the Redskin Potatoes. Keep in mind, though, this was a primetime game for Kirk. Primetime is basically Cousins' kryptonite. The fact that Kirk's 88.5 completion percentage surpassed Brett Favre for best ever for a Viking is even more impressive than if any other quarterback did that. That was milestone one from TNF. Minnesota basically ran the ball for the entire fourth quarter so both teams could go home, which is why at two hours and 40 minutes, this was the shortest Thursday night game in NFL history. Milestone two. Then, Adrian Peterson is now sixth all-time in rushing yards, and Vikings fans didn't even boo him because Minnesotans are classy fucking people. That's my Minnesota accent. Peterson passed Jerome Bettis and LaDainian Tomlinson and said he had a hard time not doing the skull chant. Third milestone. Fourth milestone is this. Stephon Diggs set the Vikings record for most receiving yards in a three-game span, surpassing Randy Monis. 
Wow, that's a, what? Surpassing Randy Moss. Ironic, though, that Joe Buck was calling this game after that disgusting act Moss did when he was a Viking. Green Bay! That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. Joe Buck and Minnesota receivers go together. The crazy part is Diggs had exactly seven catches for 143 yards the last two weeks, so... I'd say he's the most consistent wideout in the league, maybe NFL history. And after months of digging, after months of Stefan digging, I can confirm Stefan Diggs never dated Case Keenum. I know this was a question you were asking. The game was a reuniting of Diggs with Keenum, most famous for performing the Minneapolis miracle. Diggs was asked if he would have a moment with Keenum before the game, and Diggs said, nah, it's not like it's my girlfriend or nothing. So again, Case Keenum confirmed not Diggs' girlfriend. Okay, yes, this episode is about quarterbacks mostly. Dwayne Haskins came into the game after halftime. I refuse to judge a rookie quarterback, though, playing for a shitty organization who has thrown a total of 22 passes, four of which have been interceptions. It is not fair to Dwayne to evaluate him yet, as the only conclusion is very, very bad. So let's give Dwayne some time. Drew Brees may play on Sunday. I don't think he will, because it seems like a great risk with very little reward. I think he might be active Sunday in case of an emergency. Also, the Cardinals are giving up 131 rush yards per game and are tied for the league worst, allowing 10 rushing touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater can hand off just as good as Drew Brees. Bridgewater and Jacoby Brissett, starting in place of Brees and Luck, are my two favorite quarterback stories this season. If you want to feel good about two organizations and their future, it's the Saints and Colts. Assuming the Saints stop making fun of short people. I can get back on that Saints train, Saints, but stop it. Stop that shit! Do we have official word on Drew Brees yet? Playing. Not playing. Probable. Questionable. Doubtful. There it is. Drew Brees. The first QB I want to give love to is Jacoby Brissett. Brissett has only played six games, and he's still just second in the NFL with 14 touchdown passes. Just three interceptions as well. That's better than Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, and Deshaun Watson. And he wasn't even their first option to start the year at quarterback. A cool trend in 2019 perpetuated by other guys like Kyle Allen, Gardner Minshew, and most recently, Ryan Tannehill. That's a Ryan Tannehill sign. Now, Brissett has been great, but that is mostly to say I think Frank Reich should win Coach of the Year and possibly some kind of Nobel Prize. Not only has he schemed to make things easy for his quarterback, he could have easily let the team wallow in self-pity when Andrew Luck retired, and instead he's got them in a better position than they were last year at this time in the season. Imagine if this team had hired Josh McDaniels. He probably would have traded Brissett before the season started to a JCPenney for Kyle Orton, assuming that's where Kyle Orton now works. Instead, I like to imagine GM Chris Ballard listening to the Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want every Sunday right before kickoff, probably with Raycon headphones. But sometimes you get what you need which is Jacoby fucking Brissett. Now, Brissett is not a stat guy. 
He doesn't give a shit if he's asked to throw the ball 45 times or 20 times in a game. He hasn't thrown more than one pick in a game this season, and he has completed over 70% of his passes twice. He's my sleeper QB because nobody really talks about him, but he's consistent every single week, and he may surprise a lot of people in the playoffs if Indy continues winning. Now, Baker Mayfield, how bad is he playing? This tweet by CBS Sports headquarters, HQ if you will, really puts into perspective just how bad Baker has been this season. He has less passing touchdowns than Mason Rudolph. By comparison, Rudolph has only played in roughly two and a half games with a wildcat offense and he nearly died. What's your excuse, Baker? Did you nearly die on the field? Baker has fewer passing yards than Andy Dalton. Baker is actually right in the middle in terms of yards, uh, close to guys like Wentz and uh, Watson. But anytime Andy Dalton beats you at something, you should feel shame and nothing but shame. Baker's 56.6 completion percentage, also worse than Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who was benched against the Broncos. Baker has a lower QB rating than Josh Allen and leads the league in interceptions. That is ahead of Jameis Winston, who threw five picks before their bye week. Also, these stats are from before last Sunday's games. Uh, the Browns had a bye, so did the Buccaneers. But these are fair comparisons uh, as they were done before the last slew of games to keep everything even if that makes sense. Now, you could live with Baker's interceptions if he threw more than five touchdown passes this season. Making things worse for Baker is the fact that Nick Chubb has six rushing touchdowns through six games, which is the best for any Browns player since Leroy Kelly in 1966. Look, I'm not trying to pile on Baker. Unlike many, he does not rub me the wrong way, and I think he will eventually be fine because we witnessed him playing good football last year. Now, everyone yelled about the Browns playing poor competition last season when he looked good. Fair, but anyone high on Josh Allen right now needs to say the same thing. Young quarterbacks, unless they're Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, who can just fucking outrun everybody on the field, need all the help they can get from their line and from their run game, but most importantly, their coaches. Whether it's their offensive coordinator or head coach, they need game plans that fit their skills and level of game understanding. Freddie Kitchens is doing a shitty job with Baker Mayfield. The Browns offense has a strength and it is Nick Chubb. My suggestion, Kitchens design a run first type of attack and just copy exactly what Kyle Shanahan is doing. Give Baker easy one or two read throws. He can make on the play actions, on the naked boots. He has that skill set. Baker has to be more accurate as well. He hasn't been accurate because his footwork went to hell when the Browns decided O-line was not important, which makes the rest of this season gloomy for the Browns. Baker may not re rebound until next season, but I don't think he's a bust and he certainly won't rebound this weekend with the Patriots coming up. On to the Panthers. Panthers quarterback, not Kyle Allen, the one who dresses like the sassiest golden girl. Cam Newton is the most fashion forward name on the trade market right now. Two weeks ago, Adam uh, Lefko from Bleacher Report suggested the Panthers should stick with Kyle Allen and trade Newton to Denver. What if Cam Newton was traded to the team that he lost to in the Super Bowl, the Denver Broncos? 
Although having the two best dressed men in the league on one team and Von Miller and Cam Newton would be enticing, I cannot help but think they would constantly be looking at one another like Mugatu and his assistant in Zoolander. That's an unbreakable sexual tension and no way anyone can practice with that going on. Now the trade deadline is coming up quick. Tuesday to be exact. Uh, we've already seen a few deals like Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey, Mohamed Sanu, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Bennett, but I've got one that could be more impactful than all of those. Cam Newton to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick, which they have two of in 2020. Here's why it makes sense for both teams. Kyle Allen has won the last four games for Carolina, and there's not a lot of reason to interrupt that this season for a quarterback who hasn't been particularly healthy. The Bears, on the other hand, are 3-3, three and three, and while they're still in it, they need to upgrade the quarterback ASAP if they want to compete. Now, they either stay with Trubisky, go back to Chase Daniel, or make a move for a guy that changes how the offense looks. This is a team that was planned to win now, mostly because of the Khalil Mack trade, but also because they got a lot of players that are unrestricted free agents in the next two years. And also because Matt Nagy is not an idiot, as he likes to remind us. Cam not only gives them the chance to compete for a wild card this year, but to run it back next year in a conference where you need more offense. If the Lions ever get their shit together uh, this offseason, Uh, the Bears could easily become the worst team in the NFC North. If that happens with Cam, at least they will look the best at the bottom. Now, I have no idea how much truth there is to these rumors. I have read about them on the internets. But if Kyle Allen plays well against the 49ers on Sunday, the Panthers may be willing to deal. If they aren't, I have to say that the nickname Riverboat Ron is bullshit and probably refers to the fact that ever since he saw the movie Splash, he's had a weird infatuation with fish, which is why he spends his entire offseason on riverboats. Pat Mahomes is already back at practice just six days after dislocating his kneecap. Now, I've never dislocated a kneecap, but I assume it would take me six days just to stop crying. Not from the pain, they have drugs for that but for the fact that my knee tried to leave my fucking body. Now, the Chiefs haven't told Matt Moore whether he'll be starting against Green Bay or not. Then again, after taking zero reps in the Chiefs' offense, Matt Moore played well in his victory over the Broncos. So maybe Andy Reid really is a quarterback whisperer. He knows the best Matt Moore is the one who doesn't practice all week. In this case, less really is more. Matt Moore probably got some reps as Patrick Mahomes officially will not play this weekend along with a bunch of other really important Chiefs just in time for a huge game against the Packers. And that's your episode of That's Good Sports. Oh, we did it. Subscribe here on YouTube, please. Come on, guys. Are you subscribing? What do I gotta do around here to get a sub? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna, and if you want to follow my writing partner, at Wilkie6 on Twitter, you can do that as well. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.